Good evening, and welcome to the Elite Dining Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Von Don, along with my co-host, Chad Patterson. Hola, como estas? And Addison Elka. What's going on, everybody? Uh, we're back for episode 45 of the Elite Dynasty Podcast. We've had a little bit of a hiatus. Um, you know, life tends to get in the way. We've seen this happen before, but we're still going strong. In episode 45, I, I, did you... All right, so I'll ask you an honest question. When we started this, did you think we would ever get to episode 45? Chad, I'll start with you. Uh, absolutely not. Um, I thought that once we were all living in different locations, that it would not continue. Um I mean, we haven't been the greatest at keeping this consistent, but, uh, you know, every now and then we all just get the urge to just do it, especially after the draft and uh, all this camp hype. It's, uh, you know, you want to talk about it. So I, I, I never thought it would happen, but I'm, I'm happy we're here. Absolutely. Ed? So I, I think at the beginning, no, because I would assumed everyone would have been like, yeah, good, good try, guys, and then, like, it would have died. But once we were doing, like, once a week, I just was in a false sense of, like, we're never moving out. So I thought we were going to get to like a hundred, but that being said, I am happy. We're still doing this. It just, a lot has happened. We have, we're not going to get into detail because we don't have five hours, but the bachelor party happened. Mm-hmm. We're at the draft live. Mm-hmm. That was sick time. Yes. Great times. Eric, did you have a great bachelor party? I probably had the, the best bachelor party of all time. So thank you. Thank you. It was phenomenal. And now you're married. I am married, confirmed. You were, you were an unmarried man the last time we po- uh, podcasted. Wow. And I have I have the ring on my finger. I'm locked up. Um, uh, heartbreak all over the world. Um, I know I was a, a pretty eligible commodity out there, but... <laughs> <laughs> all of our female listeners are very... Have to probably very drop. sad right now. Yeah, devastated. But, uh, but football's back. It is. God. We had the Hall of Fame game last night. I, did, I didn't realize how it ended. I had no idea until I found out this uh, this afternoon when Itzler was telling me that they won on that last second touchdown. Yeah, so like in our in our gambling chat, we're all like we're all in the Broncos. I was like, sick, got my finally got my own account. Feel like a, a big boy now, and went to go place the bet. Kind of got confused. I I, I didn't want to scroll back into the chat, but I knew it was a B team, so I placed this bet. Woke up the next morning, was jacked up to see my possible win, and it turned out that I bet the week one. Bears game and oh. I did not bet the Broncos game so I didn't win the bet but but go Bears week one against the Packers oh wow against the Packers yeah. is it just money line uh minus three and a half that's what I'm saying like the spread was kind of similar too so I was like god oh, this is it and because I, I felt like stupid because everyone else got in like two and a half and three I was like well I got three and a half but I'm still gonna bet it because everyone else is and yeah I checked my my account and no winnings were there so I, uh, I, I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> you live and you learn. Uh, as I mentioned, we, we also had our rookie draft, which was probably the day of days, um, as Nick Miller had described it. Yes. Um, slightly, slightly hot. Uh, a lot. <laughs> wet, it was very hot. Um, shout out to the, the Crunk Tour ad, if you want to give a, a brief overview of the Crunks. Yeah, the Crunk was fun. It just happened to fall on like, the hottest day in the last decade. So definitely some <laughs> fatigue came in. Uh, the draft was hot. Shade was a hot commodity. Eric, I got to give you props, though. You were in the sun, no shade by the podium, mm-hmm. in full suit, sweating from your shoes and kneecaps. <laughs> your body did not know how to react to the excessive heat, and it was sweating in places people don't normally show their sweat marks. I didn't know that you could sweat profusely from the knees, but I found <laughs> that out uh, on draft day, and it was disgusting. It, Absolutely. It, if you would have told me 
what person I knew in my entire life that would ever sweat from their knees and their feet, <laughs> I would automatically say Eric Von Dunn. That's a fair guess. Like, listen, I'll have sweaty socks, but for it to just, like, have gone through the socks and enough in the shoes to show you're sweating through the shoes is next-level commitment to being the commissioner, and I'm I'm proud. Thank you. Thank you. Proud to be a part of the league. Um, so, draft was phenomenal. A lot of great drafts all around. I've been criticized for being too lenient in draft grades, so next year I'll destroy everyone's draft. <laughs> a lot of, lot of trades mid-draft, too. I feel like more than usual... Yeah. In like the first round, like we usually have yeah. trades for like the second or third, you know, later picks, people, you know, trading future picks to get in a lot of first round trades and second round trades. It was pretty cool to see, you know, my dad was there in firsthand to see how much activity is actually going on mid draft. It's yeah. on the clock. It's a lot of pressure. It was fun. And when, when the draft starts, like draft fever goes up like a million percent. Everyone uh-huh. wants to pick guys in the draft. Hey, you feel yeah. left out. Just counted. There were at least 15 uh, trades mid-draft. That's Mid- amazing. It was awesome. Awesome. That's um, and like I said, uh, camp hype has never been higher than it is right now. Um, we have players that might not even make rosters that are looking at Hall of Famers. It's <laughs> just absolutely incredible. I, you don't know. I've heard every Patriots wide receiver is the next Hall of Famer, but probably none of them are going to make the roster. Jacoby Myers, you have Maurice Harris, you have Braxton Berrios. Probably all will get cut. But right now, Hall of Famers. Any other thoughts uh, from training camp? Oh, we've had a, a pretty pretty wild training camp. Um, a lot of guys like uh, like Miles Boykin. A lot of guys that are, were taken in like the second and third round are really showing up uh, at camp. Miles Boykin is the one that comes to mind. Seems like he's outplaying uh, Hollywood Brown. I mean, Hollywood Brown's been a little hurt, but just you know th- these guys. Terry McLaurin, that's another guy. A bunch of these guys are just like getting all this unreal hype, and they're like they're going to be the third wide receiver, the second wide receiver on the team. It's just there's no like negative reports on rookies. I feel like it's crazy. Definitely more the wide receivers because I don't know. I feel like if you're not a top running back, you're not going to get the first team reps. But I feel like I don't know. Maybe they just cycle in the wide receivers more to get them a look. And a lot of the teams you mentioned don't have like a clear couple studs on their team, so it's just like everybody gets a shot. But uh. Yeah, definitely a lot of the wide receivers. I mean, like Metcalf is getting hyped on uncontrollably too. I mean, I haven't, I can't even Google any of my wide. Like Algalor looks good. Crap, like any of the my guys look fantastic. Like no one looks bad in training camp so far. And it's, it's a, I will, I will counter that. I think the only two individuals that have looked bad at training camp, you can guess one, is John Ross. Somehow is performing poorly in training camp. <laughs> and number two was Dontrell Inman has blended in. Those are the only two negative reports I've seen. From wide receiver, Dontrell <laughs> Inman. That's, that's he's it. always just blended in. Hall of Famer. Everyone else is a Hall of Famer. Um, so now, before we move into just NFL news across the board, how many times per day do your chick, your roster, go to the bathroom and rub one out to your roster specifically? Chad, we'll start with you. You know, for me, it's it's less opening my Yahoo fantasy app and looking at my roster. It's more opening Twitter and searching my guys' names like fifty yes. times a day. Yeah, like, right. like honestly, like once an hour. Yep. I, I need to stay up to date on everything that they're doing step by step in camp. It's like almost like uh, obsessive, like a disease. Yep. But but I'm a, a disease that I'm happy to have. Absolutely. I'm the same way. I cycle probably through six to eight players because I don't really check my studs. Uh, same thing, Twitter, go to latest. You know what's really annoying? And I, I don't know what's what why this happens. So I obviously search DK Metcalf. There's a, an account called DK Metcalf's Calf that doesn't tweet anything football related, but he tweets all the time. And I blocked him 
but like the tweets still show up after a few days and I have to go into his profile, unblock him and then reblock him. And then his tweets go away. My God. So that's like a personal problem I'm dealing with. And then, yeah, probably four to five times a day. I check to see if Yahoo like updated projections. They don't, but I still check to see the projections of our league. It, it is pretty unhealthy. And it's, I, I need football to get here just so more of that is kind of stable. There's no camp. There's mm-hmm. no like projections mm-hmm. don't move too much. Yeah. But for now, it's out of control. I need cuts to start happening. I need to see who is getting unreasonably hyped and like who is actually like not going to make the team. Yeah, it'll happen soon. I think it's actually made me a little bit better at my job because typically I don't like to answer the phone. Like uh, people who work with me know that I will answer their emails immediately, but their phone calls I will not. Now I answer the phone calls because it gives me an opportunity to check my phone <laughs> while I'm them on the phone, so I can see what's going on with camp. So it might actually make me a better employee. But we'll move on. <laughs> To wide receiver news, probably the biggest uh, item of camp thus far, the most high-profile individual, we can say A.J. Green out unspecified. We're assuming we've heard two weeks, we've heard four weeks, we've heard eight weeks. We don't know. We've heard surgery. A.J. Green missing a substantial period of time is pretty devastating for Nick specifically, but fantasy across the board because he was going to be a, a, a strong producer this year. Yeah, it's a uh, it's tough tough blow for Nick. Um, I mean, AJ AJ had a down year last year. He's getting older, man. He's getting older, and uh, you got guys like Tyler Boyd coming in who just signs a huge contract. He's going to get a lot more opportunity with AJ gone. Um, but the good news is, it doesn't look like AJ is going to miss too much time. So it's two to four weeks. Um, so when you get him back week five and the rest of the season, I think he'll he'll continue to produce and put up you know at least wide receiver two numbers. We saw the tweet posted that it looks like Tyler Boyd's numbers are not as good when A.J. Green doesn't play. So, you know, it's yet to be seen if Tyler Boyd can be a bona fide wide receiver one. You know, that was kind of like the juju questions, too. Can he be as good without Antonio Brown? And he can. Is Tyler Boyd at that same at the same level? But, you know, can he still produce the way that the owners that value him at, you know, a high first, multiple first? Uh, you know, can he produce at that level? So I don't know. I don't know if that necessarily boosts. Um, Tyler Boyd's numbers and then like their wide receiver two is it I'm looking at their depth chart Cody Core and Auden Tate Alex Eric Erickson like Josh Malone yeah uh, Josh Malone like Hunter Sharp I don't know any of these guys uh, John Ross I guess is the the next I guess sleeper guy because if if Boyd's gonna take the wide receiver one numbers maybe the wide receiver like is there anyone else here you're, you're trying to buy and stash or are you kind of avoiding now? I feel like I'm kind of avoiding now. I mean, I don't, I personally don't think that Boyd is as good as he showed last year. That's just a gut feeling that I have. Um, John Ross obviously is someone that we've never been high on and the rest of them just kind of fall in line. Um, so really, I mean, unless I could get Boyd at a reasonable price, I think I'm staying away from this, this wide receiver core, obviously besides AJ Green. Yeah, he's probably just too expensive. And if you're an AJ Green owner, you know, what are you going to sell for? What can you really buy for? you got to just hold him at this point. Right. Unless you're not a contending team and you can dump him to a contending team. But anything else, you're just holding. I, I've been getting John Ross's throw-ins in trades. I mean, why not at this point? If he if he's bad, I cut him. If he's good, that's awesome. There's, there's no downside in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, if you can get him basically for free as a toss-in, that's smart. But... Yeah, I guess you would think maybe Mixon's targets go up a little bit. I don't know. So here's here's the interesting thing to me, right? So 
they took they overdrafted Drew Sample in the second round, which everyone thought was ridiculous. But maybe he's their starting tight end. He was more of a blocker. No one's picked him up in our league. I, I've thought about it. I just I, I have three tight ends, so I mean I'm not gonna do it, but is that the play? I don't know. He was he was in the second round? Yeah, he was a second round tight end. Everyone was like, What is this? Why did <laughs> I didn't realize? I mean, because Eifert's always hurt, and yeah. then you just assume, like, Uzma's going to fill in, but he's just not been anything fantasy-relevant. So, yeah, maybe that's a good flyer tight end pick if you have the depth chart, I mean, on your on your bench to fit him in there. He went undrafted. He was a second-round tight end. Wild. Interesting. That is interesting. That's that's picking him up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not picking him up. Um, so, moving on, uh, more news from Patriots camp. So, We'll just take this opportunity to talk about Patriots wide receivers in general. Um, Cam Meredith signs with the Pats. They're hurting at wide receiver now with Edelman out. Um, Nikhil Harry hasn't stepped up. We, we knew this is typically the the rookie wide receiver struggle with the Pats system just because it's very dense. Um, so you have Nikhil Harry struggling a little bit. Um, Amendola is gone. So you have a void to fill their receivers. So there's a couple of individuals. You have Cam Meredith. You have Dontrell Inman. You have Braxton Berrios. You have Maurice Harris. There's a lot of players are getting a lot of hype right now. Um, Who are your favorites and give me any reason why? This is a tough one because the Patriots and anyone from anywhere could be good at any given time. It's the same with their running backs. So, I mean, I had uh, Dorsett last year. He he was decent. He like played a couple good games. He had a high ceiling, very, very low floor. Um, I think that, Harry's the guy to own, and um, I also like Maurice Harris, too. I think that you can get Maurice Harris really cheap, and I think why not take the shot on him? Yeah, he's the he's only one really getting any kind of camp hype of any wide receiver is Maurice Harris. Yeah, I've George that. I, I mean, he's the only one that's actually received, you know, catches from the, the Patriots on all the other guys you've been listening, so, mm-hmm. or the most. So, I don't know if that really means anything. It's uh, probably just going to be a lot of run game until they get Edelman back, and then that should open up the passing game. But, yeah, I mean, if Harry isn't isn't caught to speed by week one, it's going to be a very interesting, you know, who are they running out three wide receiver set, which is not what you were saying before, Chad, like who's going to get cut and who's going to be on the team. Right. That'll paint a much better picture about who are going to be scrambling for the Patriots on the, you know, on the waiver wire. I'll have to mention Josh Gordon, too. Yeah. That's true. And Edelman will be back before the start of the season, I believe. Who is that? Edelman. I think he'll be back before the start of the season. Yeah, that's true. So I mean, that was one of my um, – why I know why I traded down from two to three. I mean, we'll get into it in the draft, but I wasn't completely sold on Harry. And maybe you could argue I shouldn't have taken Metcalf, but there was just some worries about his, you know, Patriot system, kind of crowded, Brady may leave, all that stuff. But we can get to that later. So it's funny because I've been very open about how much I love Kelvin Harmon. I watched a lot of his tape. He was one of my favorite guys. I I well overpaid for him um, to buy him from Rob. But I'm just happy. I would have been more upset if he blew up not on my team than if he busts on my team. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in all the highlights were Jacoby Myers on the other side. So, like, I saw him. I didn't – I like, he was good. But at the same time, he's, like, a very middling athletic profile. So just seeing the Pats take advantage of just, like, this middling average guy that makes <laughs> catches is just so New England Patriots. Like, it's really just so frustrating that this is the guy they find, just average athlete 
and now it's going to blow up. So, like, it's, it's just funny to me. Well, didn't they um, also convert uh, that Danny Etling into a wide receiver, too? Yeah, but he'll get <laughs> Yeah. He was, he, he'll get I don't know, man. <laughs> it's the Patriots. They like converting little white wide receivers into slot receivers, so or quarterbacks into slot receivers. So. That's fair. We, we will see. Um, so moving on to quarterbacks. Andrew Luck is probably the biggest story of camp thus far. Um, he may not be ready to – I don't know if it's start week one, but he may not be there. I think that's got to be horrifying for Greg. I think Greg probably doesn't – I mean, he doesn't sleep at night in general, but this probably doesn't help. <laughs> Um, what do you think? I think that's a huge impact fantasy, specifically trainer who takes Paris Campbell. You have Rogers, S. T. White Hilton. That's a big, big impact. I think it'd be yeah, fine. I mean, oh, sorry. Uh, I think it'd be fine. He he's hurt every year, and he always seems to uh, play through it and puts up me- like mega numbers. I expect the same thing this year. Well, he missed. Didn't he not miss some games a couple years? Like, isn't he kind of always been a little dinged up? I'm trying to look at how many games he's missed per season. I guess he didn't miss any. Like last year, he last played a full year. season, right? Yeah. Yeah, he didn't miss any last year. Before, it was the year before that. He was out essentially the whole year, I thought. But last year, there was oh. there was always like injury concerns with him. Always. His shoulder. Was with him outside of the big shoulder injury. 2015, he only played seven games. 16, he missed one. 17, he didn't play at all. And then he played the whole season last year. Um. But yeah, I mean, I think what Eric said is is the biggest impact is the wide receivers because obviously Jacoby Brissett's not Andrew Luck. Uh, they're going to be just loading the box for Marlon Max. So I just think it makes the whole offense anemic, you know, with one of the Pro Bowl caliber quarterback like Andrew Luck is going to be possibly out. I think they're just going to baby him. And even if they have to rest him for like week one, if the rehab is still not there, but all in all, it shouldn't have that much of a fantasy impact. So, but it is still worth monitoring just because of two years ago. What you're saying is that their third string tight end, Mo Alley Cox, probably should not be rostered. <laughs> well, he, he's already been caught, correct. <laughs> Although I have seen all formats, I have seen more than one instance of Mo Alley Cox hype on Twitter, though. I, I will, no, no, I will admit. Lie. It's just very funny. I think it's just hilarious. Like, he, he's touted as, like, he may take the next step. But like it, it's just comical. That who's not, not exactly what we just opened the podcast with of these backup tight ends who mm-hmm. get hyped because of no reason at all. Yeah, Eric swoops and then, another and then one. Don't make it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm team backup tight end. So uh, I think I'm gonna let Addison take this next one. Moving on to running backs, this probably hits closest to home for him. Add, you want to talk about what's going on in uh, in the South down in Texas? I feel like a lot of the podcast has been like talking to me and Chad with our team dramas, but it's just, it's Zeke, the Zeke holdout. And I didn't initially think it was going to be anything. I, I know running backs are replaceable and I know all that, but I'm in the, the camp of either pay him or use him for another year and then franchise tag him and then just kind of go from that route. Um, but now it could be months they're reporting. And that obviously sounds like into the season, so huge Cowboys impact. I mean, I know everyone's like, they got that O-line. You can put anyone behind that. I'm not on that. I don't believe that, that the, the offense is just different when he doesn't play. So I think it affects Dak. It'll affect Cooper. It'll affect Gallup. It'll affect everybody. It's a trickle-down effect for all fantasy, I think, because I think Zeke is the one that makes that offense go. 
and they kind of built the offense around him. Uh, strong O-line, quarterback that doesn't have to do much, et cetera. Um, you know, there's a couple, and Chad, you own one of them. Do you want Mike Weber? Do you want Tony Pollard? Do you want Alfred Morris now? I don't really know. I haven't, you know, none of the, the Cowboys beat writers or, you know, camp guys I follow seem to have a pulse on, like, who the clear would-be number one is. So just take your shot with any of them, I guess, and, you know, hope that Zeke sits out and you can have a James Conner situation. Yeah, I mean, that, that was exactly my my thought as well. When I made the trade with Itzler, I gave Peyton Barber for Jamal Williams and Weber. I mean, Peyton Barber probably has the clearest opportunity for touches, but, I mean, why not take the upside shot? Worst case, I caught him, but I, I took the shot on Mike Weber. I remember before um, when they had that opening at DLF, I submitted that article for the rookie mock. Mike Weber was my number eight pick on there. I was team Weber. <laughs> but as well, take- <laughs> it's interesting because they drafted Pollard in the – fifth and i think weber in the seventh mm-hmm. but weber seems to have that like more prototypical running back frame where pollard is a, more of the catching type back so I, I don't know i don't really know and then morris has been there before but he's old and, and then they, and they has, have darius jackson too, yeah you guys are forgetting darius elite jackson yeah i don't yeah. know i mean as a i mean i picked up jackson i drafted pollard i mean i was getting i was hearing pollard hype even before i picked pollard um and so I, I do agree, though, that he's not your prototypical three-down running back. He's more of your Elvin Kamara type. Um, and they were saying even that he would maybe play that role even if Zeke was there. So Pollard could have that, that standalone value that you can plug into your flex if he's going to get touches. And I think that he will to, to kind of take the, the workload off, uh, off Zeke. But, you know, I'm just hoping it's not Morris because, of course, Rodgers picked him up. He's thirty. I have Darius Jackson and Tony Pollard. Like, I don't. I don't think it's gonna be Mike Weber. I haven't heard too much hype on him in camp, but I haven't really heard, like you said, hype on any of these guys. So, yeah, neither about it. The, the intention's just more on Zeke and not necessarily is right who's gonna replace him. I don't think the people in the Cowboys media are really in that mindset yet that Zeke's gonna miss games, but we'll see. Yeah, um, so moving on, I think the other two notable signings are um, Corey Grant to the Packers and Theo Riddick to the Broncos. I, I personally don't think either of them have too much of an impact, but they definitely could. They've been an impact in the past. If you had to pick one of them or go other, what do you go with? Do you go um, Corey Grant, do you go Theo Riddick, or do you have another individual that you would like to take a random flyer on that's been signed recently? I would go Theo. I don't know the exact stat, but I think it was the complete list of running backs that in the last four seasons that have caught 40 catches each season, and it's only Theo Riddick. Okay. It was something to that degree. Like, it was – he's a great – I mean, that, that could have just been how the Lions used him, not necessarily how Denver wants to use him. Um, but I would take the shot on Theo. He's proven it. Um, I think it will limit a little bit of the upside of Royce and Phil Lindsay, who are already kind of getting that – we're going to move to a split carry before they sign Theo, which I guess that's good news if you're a Freeman owner and bad news if you're a Lindsay, but I don't know if it's really good news for either. You kind of want one to beat the, the RB1. Um, and then Theo's going to chip away at those passing down. So I don't know. It kind of smells like a committee, and that's the worst, like, four words in, or four letters in fantasy is running back by committee. So 
Oh, Chad, are you, are, how are you feeling as a Lindsay owner? Even without the Theo, the Theo signing, mm. the, the camp talk about splitting, how are you feeling now as a Lindsay owner? Well, I would say I'm a Lindsay truther, and I've spun this uh, web in my head that uh, Lindsay didn't really thrive as the workhorse back because he's very undersized. So me thinking that they're going to do 50-50 split is going to actually help Lindsay to kind of draw the defense away when he's on the field in the backfield. Um, That's a hell of a web. Yeah. But I think that Theo uh, is going to be the new Devontae Booker of the Broncos, who didn't really carry too much value, if any value at all. Um, He's just kind of there for depth, and I think that – I've, I've already read reports that uh, they want Lindsey to get more involved in the passing game. So I think that, that that's what they're going to do. They're going to limit his his uh, rushes, and they're going to give him more uh, work in the passing game. And I, I really think Riddick is more of just a depth piece. That's fair. Agreed. So Corey Grant, to answer your question. Up, I would have picked up Corey Grant by now if I didn't have Alex Wesley, who is not on DL in my DL spot. Um, but I mean, what are you going to do? So, uh, moving on, I have two final questions for you before we go into trades and bets. Um, one, Addison, I'll direct this to you. How do you feel about individuals on the podcast that were a tie over a tank top while you're speaking? <laughs> uh, I got to say that's a pretty bad move. Uh, the tank top and the tie definitely don't go. <laughs> so, I would say if any of our people hosting this podcast are doing that, to kill yourself immediately. Okay, okay, good, good, good take, good take. Um, All right. So- before we move on to the uh, the trades and bets portion, who's your favorite individual if you had to pick one from camp hype right now? I'll, I'll start you off because I've been passing off recently. I have to go hometown biased. I think it's been Terry McLaurin at this point. I've watched a lot of videos on Terry. He looks incredibly explosive. His routes have been good. He looks very similar to Tyler Lockett, and I fell in love with Tyler Lockett pretty much immediately. So there's probably that little bit of bias there. Um, but I'm very excited for McLaurin. I think he actually does... Uh, pretty. I think he he definitely contributes this season. I don't know how much, but I think he will have a, a pretty significant role. I mean, mine's easy for me. I'm going to say Balage. Uh, I think I got three roto updates in like an hour that he was taking first team snaps, which I didn't initially think was significant, but I just kept getting peppered with roto updates reminding me that he's still taking first team reps, and obviously that feels good. You know, arguably the one of the worst picks in last year's first round. Um, may have a chance to prove I was right in, in the Dolphins' really pathetic offense. So the constant hype on Balazs is obviously awesome. It's even more awesome because Matthew Barry is equally obsessed with Balazs, and then Brad Evans hates Balazs. So there's, like, always constant Balazs talk on my Twitter feed, which is exciting. Yeah, so in, in my totally unbiased, definitely unbiased opinion <laughs> – it's obviously Keyshawn Johnson, the Arizona uh, Cardinals' new number one wide receiver. Uh, tested uh, very, very poorly at the Combine. But uh, his tape shows something different. He's a very polished route runner. He's the most pro-ready of their rookie wide receivers is what I'm reading. Um, so, I, I mean, I I didn't have – I just panicked took him in the fifth round. I wanted Hunter Renfro. Dooch took him before me. And uh, so I was like, all right, I guess I'll take Keyshawn Johnson. And – it's worked out so far. He's getting a lot of hype, which is very cool. Um, so yeah, he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be my guy. Definitely, love that. Uh, so moving on to trades, we've had a large number of trades. As I've said, we've had basically fifteen on draft day alone, outside of the entire off season. So it's been very active across the board. But 
probably one of the biggest ones is between two of my co-hosts, Chad Madison. Mm-hmm. Chad gives Juju is 2021 first, 2023rd, and 2024th to Addison for James Conner. Uh, do either of you want to weigh in on your thoughts <laughs> on the trade? M- well, missing, missing two big pieces. Wow, there, so yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> it cut off on my Microsoft Word, so I'm going to okay. play pages on a Mac. All right. Well, if it was Eric's trade, I just dominated this. But, but, but <laughs> I should actually kill myself if that if I did that. But trade. the real trade is Chad gives all of that. I give James Conner, uh, Kojak's first, which is a projected top four, I would say minimum. Decent piece. Ceiling is like one to four pick, probably one to three, and do just twenty twenty first, which could be anywhere from mid to late. But given the division he's in, it's going to be playoffs or later. So. 9 to 14. But pretty crazy trade. So I was actually aggressively trying to get digs from Trainer and had I pulled that trade off, I wouldn't have been able to get Juju cuz I would have given one of the first that Chad would have gotten, but you know, I my wide receivers are slacking a lot. Um I'm not it's not that I'm like kind of selling on Connor. I just think this is probably the most I'll ever be able to trade him for. Maybe next year his value rises, but I think right now I, I can't see his value rising that much. It pains me to get rid of Kojak's 2020 because that was the main part of the Julio trade I made. And, you know, this 2020 class is so hyped that that's going to probably be a stud. But, you know, Juju's a top 10 startup player. Chad's 2021 first. You know, if a couple of these guys stay back in this 2020 class and Chad has a, an off year, who knows? Um, but yeah, two high profile trades. You know, we were in talks for a long time, and I think it's pretty fair. Fair, you know, we pulled it on multiple on our group chat on Twitter. It seems to be pretty evenly split, so which is always good. I mean, I like to bend over some people, but you know, I wouldn't, I, I'm glad a trade between co hosts can be pretty even. Yeah, no, I agree. It was, um, it took everything inside of me to get rid of Juju. Um, I gave him to a very worthy uh, contender, very worthy friend. I expect him to treat him with dignity and respect. Um, <laughs> As you just caught him. <laughs> um, I did this trade because I thought it made sense for the both of us. I thought he needed a wide receiver. I definitely needed a running back because my RB2 was TJ Yeldon, who might not even make the team. Um, so, you know, I got hopefully a, a running back one out of this who's still young in his third year. Um, I got two i think good really good rebuilding pieces in next year's draft which is supposed to be like historically one of the best drafts ever really deep draft um and so you know i'm just hoping that i at least hit on kojak's pick so the the way i'm looking at it is if i have connor like a stud running back or like if it's like jerry judy uh and then i have like even if it is like 112 113 I'd be pretty happy with that because I can even sell that for, I think a lot come closer to the draft time next year. So mm-hmm. I did. I do think that it uh, it was fair. It was like I said, it was tough giving up Juju because I mean he's only 22 still, and put together like two amazing seasons. So I think he's gonna have a long, really good career. So uh, it was it was tough, but I think uh, it was the right move for both of us. And talks were like heated. They were like really intense. I couldn't get any work done. So. Yeah, I was shocked when this trade came out. It was awesome. So jealous. yeah, it was. I was pushing really hard for not to include the second dude's twenty twenty first, but you know, at the end of the day, I couldn't. I didn't want that to separate from me getting Juju. So just 
just had to be done. Hopefully, Dooch wins it all. And so it's not that bad. If Duch, if if Dooch wins it all and a couple high-profile guys move like stay back in college, then I'll feel a lot better. Or unless Kojak's one-on-one, then I'll be pretty upset. But yes. we'll see. Eric, what do you right. think? Um, so I, I, I was one of the people that agreed that the trade was very, very even. Um, if, if I had to go into head, I'd probably go the Connor Kojak first side. But it's not, it's not like a, a distinctive win. It'd just be me having a gun to my head trying to live versus die. Um, but yeah, I, I like the trade for both sides. I think it's very, very good. Um, yeah, but like I said, I'm excited to have a 6 2021st next year, even if they're 8 through 14. I'm pretty stoked. Um, so one more trade that I want to go over, just because a lot of them were either nonsense or small picks or mid-draft day, was the three-way trade between myself, Greg, and Rob, just because it was very recent. Um, so we'll go over very brief. So I got Duches 2022nd and Gio Bernard. Greg got Jarek McKinnon. Rob got Dexter Williams, Mike Davis, and Josh 2024th. Um, any any side there? I know it's a smaller trade, but it's something else to go over. Chad, what did what did Rob get? Dexter Williams and who? Mike Davis and a 2024. It's not bad. It's a pretty average deal. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not that high on McKinnon, um, especially when they signed Tevin Coleman. I don't know how much work McKinnon's going to get. Um, I don't know. It's 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 a trade. I like Dexter Will- Williams uh, in the draft. I was trying to trade up to get him. Um, the twenty twenty second could be really good. So, you know, I think it's pretty even all around. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say that the twenty twenty second is the best piece in this draft. Um, and then Gio's a good flyer. I mean, Love still it. the RB two on that team, right? As of now, even with Trevion and who else did they draft? Rod- Rodney. Yeah, Rodney Anderson behind him. So, yeah, I mean, if McKinnon actually stays healthy, he could end up being the best piece. But I just, you know, I've never been a McKinnon guy either. I don't, I don't value him near what he's probably valued amongst some owners in our league. But yeah, pretty, pretty fair. It's hard to get a fair three-way trade done, so it's it's pretty good. All right, so we're about to move on to the draft, but I will say, gun to head, no reasoning or detail. Which side do you take? Kenyon Drake, Jarek McKinnon. 2019 pick nine um, or James Conner? I thought those were all separate. So no. it's Drake, so it, McKinnon, so it's pick Connor, nine for Conner. Connor for... Pick nine versus Conner. Conner? Like, not even. I don't even think it's close. Okay. So Conner yeah. for Drake, McKinnon, and pick nine? Yes. Yeah, Conner. But I think it's closer than you might think. Yeah, I feel like you, you, have a commi- you have a committee back, a committee back, and a dart throw for a bell cow RB1. James is elite, and he did overcome cancer. Well, pick nine so, this year would have been Paris Campbell, right? So, I don't know. Well, let's go over right now. All right, yeah. So, moving on to the draft. <laughs> um, draft was phenomenal. Excellent day, as we've discussed before. We'll start with round one. I'll read off the 14 picks and then maybe just give me uh, maybe a best value or pick you like the best in the first round. Then we'll move on to the second, third, fourth, fifth, and we'll go that way. Sure. We can also go over like biggest reach or question yeah, pick as well. Yeah, just, just notes, news and perfect. perfect. Yeah, yeah. Addison, well said. Well said. Thank uh, you. 
So moving on. So for draft round one, we have Josh Jacobs taking one overall. Akil Harry, two. DK Metcalf, three. Miles Sanders, four. David Montgomery, five. Daryl Henderson, six. A.J. Brown, seven. T.J. Hawkinson, eight. Paris Campbell, nine. Debo Samuel, ten. Andy Isabella, 11. Miko Hardman, 12. Singletary, 13. And Noah Fant rounding out the first round for Addison. So out of those picks, um, I think that's a good idea. Give me your best value, your biggest reach, and maybe just your favorite pick overall. Uh, um, you can go first, Jeff. Uh, best value, I think probably David Montgomery. I've seen him go like 101 even in some mock drafts. 101, 102. So get him at five, I think is it's pretty good. Uh, biggest reach, I think we would all agree here is Daryl Henderson, who's a handcuff to Todd Gurley. Um, and Malcolm Brown. I don't think he has uh, a whole lot of value this year. Uh, maybe going forward, I think it's a it's a decent dynasty pick. Um, but you know, for th- this year, next year, I don't know how much value he's going to have. Um, and my favorite pick is probably. Uh, Singletary was thirteen. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I like that pick. I like I like Singletary. I think he's gonna be a, a decent a, a decent guy for the Bills. At I had to I wrote these down. Same exact value. Dave Montgomery. Um, could have argued I should have taken him one hundred three. Um, but yeah, I I think I would have taken him over Sanders, and I thought getting him at five was a pretty good steal. And I agree, Daryl Henderson is the biggest reach. I mean, you can compare the kind of situation. I don't think it's similar to Connor, but Connor was a late second pick, not a 106 pick. So, you know, if you took Daryl Henderson in the mid-second, that, that's more than okay. But for 106, I'm not taking a handcuff to arguably a top three running back in the league. I don't care how what the injury concerns are with Gurley. It, it's just too high. Um, I don't know what – I don't know favorite pick. I, I'm just going to say wire because you just duped me the whole time. Completely thought he was going fond the entire way. Bluff. I didn't think he had a reason to bluff. He panicked, traded up because he was worried about not, I guess, not getting TJ when the whole time I thought it was Fant. Um, so that's my favorite pick just because Wire just fooled me and everyone, every mock I had was Noah Mortalak Font. So just that was my favorite pick. So I, I would have to say, I think my, my favorite pick and value pick are both Wire. I think that's why I gave him an A plus in this draft. AJ Brown is my favorite receiver in the draft. Um, really? I, I don't know if I publicly said that ever, but AJ really? Brown is my favorite. I didn't know that. Interesting. I'm taking him over Harriet too. Wow. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I like Harry. I, I like Brown a lot. So I'm I'm really excited for Wire that they got him at seven. I think value pick also with Hawkinson. I'm going to be in a draft next week, and I have pick five, and I will either get Brown or Hawkinson at five. So I'm very excited for that. Um, overreach was definitely Henderson. I think that was the most overreach pick of the draft. So moving on to round two, I will say uh, starting off at pick 15, Hakeem Butler, Hollywood Brown, 16, Jay Jaw, Josh's boy, 17, Justice Hill, 18, Damian Harris, 19, Deontay Johnson, 20, Kyler Murray, 21, Alexander uh, Mature Madison, 22, Reichwell Armstead, 23, CJ Elite, Bell Cow, Veteran Anderson, 24, Kelvin Harmon, 25, 26, McLaurin, Boykin, 27, and Bryce Love, 28. We'll do the same thing this time, and we'll start with you. 
So I'm going to do this because I made my value and reach picks pretty much after the draft, and I'm not going to let the camp affect it. So right, I mean, we could talk about it, but right after the draft, I thought the best value was Damian Harris in 19. Uh, I thought he was arguably a first-rounder, someone I was heavily debating taking at 14. Uh, You know, Sony Michelle has injury concerns. I know he's a first-round pick, but they still drafted Damian Harris for a reason. I kind of thought he was just a guy watching his film, but the kind of more I watched and listened to some guys on Twitter, I kind of got more swayed toward him. I like the opportunity he has in New England where, you know, it is kind of a question mark who they're going to go with at running back, but I do think if Sonny Michelle isn't rehabbing like we think he is, that Harris is the guy. Looking at now with camp, you can argue probably Boykin is, is the best value, but I'll still stick with uh, Damian Harris. And biggest reach, C.J. Anderson, mainly just because I didn't get it for you, Eric. I, I hope you avoid last because I don't have your first. But yeah. it was just a weird pick, and you kind of made like a weird trade to get – I don't know. You trade – you did something where you could have just used that pick to get C.J. Anderson. I forgot what you did, but it, it just didn't make any sense. I could have waited and got Harmon at 22 and then took Anderson at 31. But I, I, I was nervous that Dooch or somebody was going to make a play and get the veteran. So I just took him. Yeah, it would still be my biggest reach of sure. that round. Sure. Yeah, so guy I love out of this round is actually Kyler Murray. I think he's – I love Kyler Murray. I think he's going to be really good this year um, and going forward. So I think for Dooch, who who has a, an aging quarterback with Roethlisberger, to pick up Kyler Murray in their new like pass-happy air raid offense I think is a really good value at 21. I'm trying um, so hard to get him. Yeah, I know you were, you were thinking about getting him at 14. If I remember mm-hmm. correctly, um, biggest reach, I have to agree with that here. CJ Anderson. Um, I think, I don't even know if he would have undrafted, to be honest. I think he could have got him in, in the fourth or the fourth or fifth. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, so I will go my, my favorite pick and value pick, um, was Damian Harris as well. I had a first round grade on him. If he would have felt me at 22, I would have probably died happily. But what are you going to do? Um, but to be a little bit different, I'll go uh, another value pick with um, J.J. I also had a first-round grade on him. The fact that he felt the Josh there was phenomenal for him, I think. My biggest reach is probably going to be Reichwell Armstead. I don't even know if he's the number two back in that system. I think I kind of agree with Greg that Alfred Blue is the number two there. Um, Benny Cunningham is also there, has been a proven pass-catching back. So I don't necessarily know if Fournette goes down if Reichwell Armstead actually plays. So I think that was probably my biggest reach, but I mean, maybe we'll be saying why or new. I don't know. Uh, so moving on to the third round, we will mow this one down as well, starting with Jay Sternberger at 29, Benny Snell at 30, Jalen Hurd 31, Darwin Thompson 32, Dexter Williams 33, Riley Reed um, 34, <laughs> Mike Weber 35, uh, 36, Dawson Knox, DJ Chark 37. Uh, Chase Edmonds, 38. Darius Slayton, 39. Dwayne Haskins, 40. Uh, 40 elite. Tony Pollard, to Chad at 41. And Irv Smith at 42. Um, so, Chad, we'll start with you. Let's get your value pick, your favorite pick, and your reach. Yeah, my value pick is Dexter Williams, who I tried trading for so hard. Actually, with you, Eric, when you yeah, had uh, 31. Yeah, I tried getting 31 from you so hard to take him. Um, I like him. I... Uh, I'm not the the biggest Aaron Jones truther, um, so I think that he has a legitimate shot to to be a, a part of that system. Um, biggest reach, uh, 
Let's take a look here. Uh, I don't even know. Jay Sternberger, because why not? <laughs> That's fair. Add? Um, I had best best value with Irv Smith. Um, yep. His ADP was way higher than 42. I think there's just a lot of teams that don't want a second tight end. You know, they re-signed Rudolph for three years, but I still think he was worth being drafted higher than what he is, just because I, I liked Irv Smith a lot coming out. Kind of plays more like a wide receiver. He's a smaller tight end, but those have been proven to be, you know, effective against linebackers and, you know, using today's offense. I, I initially had biggest reaches, Mike Weber, because we talked earlier that I, I thought Pollard or Pollard was the one to, to take over Weber. And granted that we went five picks or six picks later, but I just, I mean, I kind of go on pedigree. I'm going to take the fifth round running back over seventh round. So I just, you know, it's hard to pick a reach in this round. This round's kind of flaws. So I just thought Weber was kind of the reach because I would have taken Pollard. That's fair. Um, I, I agree with you on value pick. I think Rodgers did that throughout. He had four picks, and somehow he hit on all value picks in every round. Uh, Irv Smith is probably my my value pick there. Honestly, I, I I don't want to give it to myself, but I think I have to give it to myself. I, I love Dawson Knox. I've just been a fan of him throughout the process. Um, I'm very happy with getting him at 36. He could be a starting tight end in the middle of the third round. is pretty cool, I think, especially as a rookie, so maybe dynasty. It could be good. could be bad. We don't know. Um, I probably agree with uh, Chad on biggest reach as Jace Sternberger for Kojak, but I mean it could it could play out the other way. So I'm not really. I forgot sure. my favorite pick. I would probably pick Darius Slayton, my favorite pick. He's yeah. got like a fun wide receiver coming out now with all the injuries that the Giants are having. It's could end up being pretty good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. West Virginia pride, right? Yeah, my favorite's yeah. Uh, Riley Reed. I think uh, she's a really good actress, and. Uh, She's just great at what she does. She's she's a really natural route runner. So getting a future Hall of Famer at thirty four is is great. Yeah, I think Chad, where did she go in our draft? She, she went undrafted, 10. dude. We forgot about her. No, we didn't forget. I thought we forgot about um, me and Malkova. No, dude, we forgot about Riley Reed. No shot in hell. I'll I'm pretty sure. I think he did. I don't believe that. I thought we forgot about somebody else. I don't even know who Maya Malkova is. All right, so Google her when you're done. Um, <laughs> have a good night. So moving on to round four, um, after Chad finishes Googling me and Malcoa, we have Travion Williams at pick 43, Rob Gronkowski, which was uh, quite the pick at 44, Dangerous Thomas, because that's what I have in there, at 45, Robbie Anderson at 46, uh, Ronnie Anderson at 46, uh, Vance McDonald 47, Gary Jennings 48, Miles Gaskin 49, uh, Gus the Bus at 50, Jake the Snake at 51, Josh Allen, uh, quarterback at 52, Gio Bernard at 53, Josh Hamstring Injury Oliver at 54, <laughs> uh, Bruce is Loose at 55, and Kyle Value Rudolph fucking Rogers. Who's Kyle Kudal? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a nickname round. Well, that was also, too, like towards the end of it. Like, I was a little buzz. I was trying to keep up with the, like, the little stupid trades that everybody had. So there wasn't really much, there was not much spell correcting going there. So, Ad, we'll start with you this time. Um, my, my best value, I selfishly gave it to me with Bruce Anderson. Uh, now it may not look like it was a good value, but at the time it looked like he had potential to at least be the running back three. I, I still think he does, and ahead of him is you know, Peyton Barber and, and Rowe. 
who I don't think are very good. I mean, in hindsight, I think Vance McDonald has a chance to be a tight end one and getting the tight end one in the fourth round is, is pretty hard to do. So that's probably the best value. Um, and biggest reach, I did have Dangerous Thomas. <laughs> I, we, we kind of forgot about him when we were listing Patriots wide receivers, but 31 years old, coming off of injury, he's already missed practice three straight days. I, I don't know. I just don't think he's going to have much of any value this year. Uh, he will not be dangerous at all, so he was my <laughs> biggest reach. And favorite pick, um, I like Gus the Bus. I had him pretty high on my uh, my free agency ranking, so for him to go to Chad at 50 is a, is a great value. Uh, yeah, so I think that, and I hate to say this, uh, but uh, I think Greg dominated this round. I think he got really good value out of, of Vance, uh, Vance McDonald who showed last year that he's just a dominant tight end. Um, Josh Allen, who puts up running back numbers for a quarterback. I mean, why not have him as a, as a bench piece behind Andrew Luck on his bench? And Gio Bernard, who, I mean, he traded away, but still a pretty good pretty good uh, a piece to have there in the fourth round. Um, so I think he did really well in this round. Um, the biggest reach for me, uh, probably Gronk. I think he's going to stay retired. Um, so to spend, you know, pick 44 on him, um, I think a lot of these guys probably should have went before him because I just don't trust him coming back. Now that, he, now that he's 140 pounds, I don't think he's coming back to play tight end. So, <laughs> he doesn't look frail. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Ad, I'll agree with you. I don't think Dangerous plays another snap in the NFL. Um so, yeah, I don't know if that was the best pick at 45, but, I mean, once again, we could see. Um, my favorite slash value pick of the round, I think value goes to Rodgers. Kyle Rudolph is a top 10 tight end that he got at the end of the fourth round to add to his already ridiculous team. And I also love Rodney Anderson. I mean, outside of the, the injuries, his tape was just outrageous in the seven or five games he played. Um, just talent is, is to the roof. I think at this point in the fourth round to take a flyer, why not take it on – could be the best running back in the draft. Uh, 100% my favorite pick there. So moving on to round five, the final round of the draft before we wrap up for tonight. Start with pick 57, Jaguars D. Pick 58, <laughs> Randall Cobb. 59, Delaney Walker. 60, Jordan Scarlett. 61, Real Deal Holyfield. 62, Little White Guy. 63, Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, 64, Big Dick. 65, Trey <laughs> Olison. 66, Travis Homer. 67, Preston Williams. 68, Deuce took an IDP. Come on, Deuce. 69, Lamar Jackson. And pick 70, another autocorrect spelling for Kahale Waring. Um, Chad, we'll let you wrap us up here in the final round. What are your thoughts? Um, best pick, give it to... Uh, yourself, bro. All right, I'll give it to myself. Keyshawn Elite Johnson. The new Arizona Cardinals' number one wide receiver in an air raid offense manned by Kyler Murray. And biggest reach, uh, it's got, I mean, it's got to be Jaguars D, right? <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> the, 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 top of the, the top of the fifth round, someone that he could have absolutely picked up after the draft in free agency. Um, yeah. I had the same exact two. Um, if I could add another reach, it'd be Elijah Holyfield because I just don't think he's going to be good. The combine showed enough that he's just a sack of shit. 
but I agree. This is the second or third year a D has been taken in the fifth round, and it's just like, you know, Dooch with nothing will be Dooch's uh, Glenn Coffee and an Adam Vinatieri round. <laughs> that was legendary, but Jaguars is just it's just so funny to see. Um, so yeah, I, I have the same too. And I guess we didn't say favorite pick, but anytime you can get Big Dick into the into the Excel file, it, it, it's nice. <laughs> I think Itzler's going to be so happy that you gave him a favorite pick, huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I agree. Reach, just Jaguars D is just awesome there. I don't know about that pick. Um, honestly, I think my favorite pick of the round, to be honest with you, is Jordan Scarlett. He was on my radar the entire time, and I was hoping to get him at 65. And Rodgers took him to back up uh, CMC. So I love the Jordan Scarlett pick there. And then I guess value pick. I don't know. Chad, I guess I'll give it to you. Keyshawn Johnson is getting some hype. He had some hype beforehand. It was a good pick in the fifth round. So I think that's going to close out our draft analysis. Um, all right, so I obviously gave draft grades. So before we wrap up today, who is your team that had the best draft? And who is your team that had the worst draft? Mm. I'll start with whoever wants to go first. I'll, I'll actually, you know what, I'll go first while you are thinking because I spun this on you. I graded the worst draft as Rob with a C primarily just because of the Darrell Henderson pick and what he could have done at six. The rest of his draft wasn't too bad. Um, I think, I don't know if Justice Hill gets too much of a role, so I really wouldn't have taken Justice Hill there. Um, but his draft wasn't bad. You can't argue with the landing spots at all. They're all in good value, but I gave Rob the worst draft of the night. Honestly, I loved Wire's draft. I love Josh's draft. So those are probably my favorite two from a value perspective. Um, with what they had and what they came away with. See, I completely disagree with the Rob worst draft. Okay. Like, I, I mean, yeah, Henderson's a reach, and we may look back and say it was a good pick, but for now, it's obviously a reach. But Montgomery, I think, was the best pick of the draft. Okay. Hakeem Butler, I mean, maybe too early just because he, he did fall in the draft, but just pure upside on Butler, Hill, Harmon. You know, you don't. Snell's going to get some goal line carries. Slayton, could he get a carbon roll? I mean, it's a lot of what ifs. So I guess if you're just grading him on how they're going to perform this year, yeah, he may not have a lot of contributing factors, yeah. but I, this could be a draft in two years. We look back like, how the hell did we let Rob accumulate seven of these guys? If he, I, I, also, I also wasn't a big Butler guy throughout the process. I mean, I, I said that out loud. I, I don't really like Butler. Um, but uh, Tiz did well. I, I hate Hollywood Brown, but it's hard to argue at 16. But being able to get Sanders, Paris Campbell, Devin Singletary, and possibly Gronk for whatever amount of the season, even if it's a trade piece, um, I, I thought he did pretty well. Um, that, that's probably one of the, the more standout drafts to me. Yeah, so I think the uh, the loser of the draft is uh, uh, one guy in our league only took uh, Chase Edmonds. That was his only pick, so that's got to be, you know, the least exciting. Uh... He's still got a B from Eric. <laughs> well, because I can't argue the pick, you know what I mean? Like, it's a good backup. It took upside shot, but it was just so boring. Yeah, no. So boring, dude. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Uh, but the best draft is, is I, I do like Josh's draft a lot. I think he got three really good wide receivers, all with later picks. Like, J, uh, J-Jaw, I think, is going to be good. Deontay Johnson's getting a lot of hype, saying that he's already beating out James Washington. And that could be just a bad look on James Washington. But, you know, if Deontay Johnson has a role in the Steelers' offense, that'll be great for him. And Riley Reed, we already talked about her. She's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> uh, 
So, and DJ Charles, like a good little little backup piece too. So he took a he was very wide receiver heavy. So I'm just skimming through. I, I don't know if I would have give. I mean, you like I just now I understand Eric why you gave Wire an A plus. I wasn't as high as on AJ Brown, but I mean the Hawkinson Boykin, Trevion Williams is a good backup for uh, his name's escaping me. Running back, Jesus Christ. What were we talking about? G- ah, Bengals. Mix, mix, mix it, mix it. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's a good handcuff for him. So he, he did fine. I mean, it always seems like I'm picking on him. I, I don't really love Itzler's draft. I, I wouldn't have taken Isabella or Hardman in the first. Like, it, we didn't really, like, dissect the first round that. Uh, we kind of just did our biggest reach and didn't really go by, pick by pick for the first. But I didn't. I wouldn't have picked either Isabella or Hardman with pick 14. So I, I, they just weren't two guys I was really high on especially not Isabella. I, I get Harmon more just because of the Tyree kill situation, but just didn't see the two picks there. I picked Weber as my biggest reach and Holyfield. So I guess I just really hated it. So draft as a whole, but <laughs> that, I guess I should come to no surprise. Um, I'm trying to see our drafts and I guess how we did. So, uh, I mean, I guess besides the Anderson pick, Eric, you're, Picks were fine, and Madison's a pretty strong handcuff for Cook, who always seems to be getting hurt. You, you've always loved Jalen Turd, and McLaurin has definitely been getting the camp hype. Yeah. I was happy. Very happy with my draft. Chad, are you happy with your draft? Yeah, I'm happy with my draft. Um, Debo Samuel seems to be doing fine in camp. There hasn't really been a lot of blurbs on him, so I don't know if it's like a no-news-is-good-news situation or if he's actually kind of struggling, so... I mean, hopefully, I mean, he's projected to be a starting wide receiver for them. So hopefully that that's the case. Pollard, mm-hmm. we talked about. I love him. I think he was probably, uh, I think Keyshawn was my best pick, but I, I, I like the Pollard pick too, um, especially if Zeke holds out. I think he'll have a lot of a lot of value. Uh, and then Gus Edwards, who's who had a good year last year. He was, he's just a good handcuff to uh, Mark Ingram. So Yeah, the whole backfield is a big question mark. And then... You know, you guys can differ. Uh, I kind of drunk proclaim this, and I actually don't believe part of it. But, I mean, I love my draft. I mean, it's hard to fuck up. Pick one. I think Josh Jacobs was the the easy one-on-one. Should be a bell cow. And then, I mean, you guys can weigh in. Obviously, people thought I was, you know, blowing smoke. But I love DK Metcalf. He's been my one-on-one. Obviously, as the draft process and the combine went through, he wasn't. But... I don't know. Is it like that much clear that Miles Sanders and Dave Montgomery and Nikhil Harry are going to be leaps and bounds better than Metcalf all because of a three cone drill? Like I'm not ready to just jump to that where people aren't as nitpicking on anyone else's different drills. Like none of the running backs were that good at the combine. So why are we talking about that? Like I get the situation for running backs to contribute is right away is more, but Metcalf should probably be, the wide receiver two on that team, if anything from camp I'm reading makes sense. And then Noah Fant, like, didn't look great yesterday, but tight ends take a little bit. Could I possibly have a top 10 tight end at pick 14 for Dynasty? Sure. And I don't know if I'll end up keeping Dwayne Haskins, but uh, I thought, you know, I was debating taking Colin Murray at 14. So if Dwayne Haskins can be like a low end QB1, high end QB2 at pick 40. Uh, it's a pretty good safety net until I can figure out like how to get an elite quarterback. But I love my draft. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I think your draft is great. I think to to get Noah Fent at fourteen, who was a lot of the time projected to go to wire at eight, 
So for him to fall to almost a second round, I think it's a great value. Josh Jacobs, like you said, I think he's going to bell cow. I like Metcalf. I know he's a very polarizing player, but I've always liked Metcalf. I think he's an, a freak of nature. I think he's going to win every single contested ball that comes his way. I think he's going to be really good. Um, and don't sleep on Dwayne Haskins. You don't know what kind of year he could have. I mean, you have Breeze, who's you know how many years away from retirement. Why not take a mm-hmm. flyer on on a rookie quarterback like Dwayne Haskins? So I like your draft. Yeah. Thank you. No. Oh, I, anyway, the the proclamation I made, I didn't like really circle back to it. Was that I possibly drafted in this rookie class when it's all said and done the running back one, the wide receiver, the tight end, and the QB one. I don't actually believe that, but I was just kind of, you know, as I, we all do, feeling our teams, feeling our picks. Mm-hmm. Never but if that if that happened, I don't think it would be that crazy. Yeah, you mean Bruce Anderson RB one? Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so before we close off, um, rapid fire, no thought at all. Who wins the league? Who comes in last? Chad, start with you. Oh boy, uh, I'll go with. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it, but I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say Rogers for Pete, and last will be because I have his pick, Kojak. Okay, Ed. Um, Duch wins. It's or last. Okay, I I also <laughs> think I also think Duch wins. Um, I I think no. Oh God, last this is killing me. I think Josh last. I think dude. Wow, that's a, that's a sneaky good pick. Yeah. All right, cool. So that's gonna do it with this week's edition of the Elite Dynasty Podcast, episode forty-five. Um, great episode. Happy to be back. Hopefully, we can do it more consistently moving forward. I think we will now that the regular season's starting. We have football. It doesn't end for another what twenty-seven weeks? What is it? Something ridiculous. Yeah, like until February, there's football every week now. I am so excited. I know Sam is horrified, and she can hear me in the other room. She's just crying and hates it, but I'm (laughs) so happy it's back. Um, Great times. Great times all around. Chad, you want to hit him with the uh, social media? Yeah, it's at Elite Dynasty Pod. If you don't know by now, then where the fuck have you been for the last however many weeks? (laughs) 45 episodes, yeah, yeah. I want to promise that we'll be back shortly, but history shows we won't. But hopefully we can go back maybe actually like – rank uh the draft we'll have a little bit more clarity with camp and maybe we can have a better picture on who really won and lost this draft maybe get through the 20 bets we've had since the last episode we're all degenerates we need help we do i mean i've been five or six of these so i'm not like pointing fingers i admit that i have like 200 plus dollars out there (laughs) but it's uh maybe we'll go over all those eventually and then have some more camp and preseason what talk about one is punishment, by the way. At, at Bruce Anderson versus Kadre Olison, one beer. Sure. Bad All right, yeah. sick. Yeah. That's best. Lock it in. <laughs> what were you saying, John? I was gonna say one is punishment. So I think we're gonna do it. Don't do it week one because I need my Scott week one. I need all the Scott. Yeah. I need all the Scott. I need to figure out maybe Eric. We can link up. We'll get Nick. We'll get whoever wants to join for one big red zone sesh. Yep. But then like week two or three. Let's try to get that going, get Kojak an address in the SAT at a bar where we're all watching our fantasy teams succeed and Kojak is in misery. Well, week two, week, week two, uh, you'll probably be here for my birthday. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so Kojak, figure it out. Your good. <laughs> all right, well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Elite Dynasty Podcast. Um, see you next time. We're out. Later. Peace.